Blog Talk Radio. Well, praise the Lord. And welcome to LiveDeliverance.com, here on BlogTalkRadio.com. My name is Pastor Steve Lee, and I'll be your host for the next hour or so. Now, if you're listening to us via the simulcast during the hours of 9 o'clock p.m. and 11 o'clock p.m. on Monday evenings, we're so glad to have you. If you're listening to us on any other social media platforms or during any other times of the week, please contact us here at LiveDeliverance.com and give us the times, dates, locations, or platforms that you're listening to us on. Although we would love to proliferate the airways, we must do it legally, ethically, and in righteousness. If you hear any of our content through any other means, it is the result of Internet piracy and copyright infringement. And all those who participate in any Internet piracy can be prosecuted by federal agents. Now, having said all of that, we can get down to the business of the kingdom. So go ahead and get a pen and some paper. So that if you have any questions or comments about the ministry tonight, when we get to the end of the broadcast, we'll give you an opportunity to ask those questions and make those comments. So now if you would, join your hearts with me in a word of prayer as we sanctify our times together. Father, I ask you to speak to me so that I can hear. Awaken me the mind of Christ. Open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your word. Breathe on me so that I can speak. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Flow through me and cause me to move by your spirit. Let healing and deliverance break forth in this time because of your word, your spirit, and your love. Live big in me. I now decrease so that you can increase. Holy Spirit, glorify Jesus in my life as I now share the living word, the bread of life. Jesus, reveal to us the Father and draw us into his presence where there is fullness of joy. Heavenly Father, quiet our hearts and minds as we allow the peace of God to rule in our lives. 
Cause us to grow in the grace that has appeared unto all men as you teach us how we should live in this present world. May we now awake to righteousness and slumber no more by walking in the spirit and in the fullness of his grace as we sojourn in the land of promise, going from faith to faith and from glory to glory. You've made us more than conquerors in this life through Christ Jesus. So speak to our spirit and birth victory in our hearts and in our minds. In Jesus' name, I pray. Well, beloved, this is a part four of Made Unto Us Wisdom. And I would just like to, you know, cause your thinking to go back to what the original design was, the original purpose was. And then as we do that, uh, we will be able to enjoy uh, all of the things that God has already made available for us through his word by his spirit. Um, in Ephesians, excuse me, in First uh, Corinthians chapter uh, 1, verse 30, uh, it says that, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who God has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So God did something different here. You know, the battles that we fight on the inside, I'll just throw this as a reference for you. The battles that you face on the inside were made to be won from the inside. Okay? The, the battles you fight on the outside were made to be won from the inside. And a lot of times we try to fight the battles that are facing us with things that are not intended for us to win. Because the Bible says it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. See? So then he wants us to uh, um, display our trust in him so that the victory is always going to be given the praise and honor to him. Okay, let's look at it another way. Um, in um, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it says it this way. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly with all that we can ask with me, according to the power that works in us. See, the, the battle is not going to be uh, because of the, uh, 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 the the outside pressure that you can put on anybody or anything, okay? It, it, it's, it's going to have to be from the life that's on the inside of you coming upon the, the challenges that you're facing, okay? Because the, the, the spiritual thing that God has, has gave to us in, in, in chapter um, 3, verse 10, it says that God wants to make manifest by us, the church, the manifold wisdom of God. He wants that to be displayed to all principalities, powers, and might. See, he wants that to be known because when you go on the inside for the victory, then the devil who's pushing all of the buttons and all of the pressure causing all of that, then he will know for a certainty that uh, your trust is in God. See? It's, just, it's that real. It's that simple. See? Wisdom that God has already set up for us is in, in Acts chapter 17, verse 29, it says that in him we live, in him we move, in him, excuse me, verse 28 says that in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. See? So he wants you to, to do that. He doesn't we want us to try to display a sometime trust in God. Remember Proverbs chapter 3, uh, verses 5, it says that 
We're supposed to trust in the Lord with all of our heart, lean not to our own understanding. In all of our ways, acknowledge him, and then he will, shall direct our paths with an S. God has so many ways for you to win that the devil can't even conceive. All of the time we can see it in the life of Jesus that the devil tried to trap him and Jesus continued to just go about his ministry ordained of God, even though the devil was trying to stop him. He couldn't. He he told the devil, he said, no, no, see, this is the thing you don't understand. You can't take my life. No man can take my life. He said, I lay my life down, and I can pick my life up again. This is a commandment that I received from the Father. You cannot stop a commandment, beloved. The devil cannot stop a commandment. See? And then as we uh, uh, get that understanding, as we walk in that, then we will experience victory because there's nothing that the devil can do to stop it. We're going to find that out again here in just a minute. Okay, I, I want you to know that, that, that wisdom helps create our surrounding, our path, our future, and our victory. Wisdom creates that for us. We get to then speak what he said because the words that God has already released over your life, those words, are the Bible says they live and they abide forever. Amen. So then as we pursue God from his vantage point, okay, instead of trying to, to, to get God to, to change our circumstances so that we can then maybe find a way to say, I know he loves me now because, see, you you got to settle that he loves you even when you're in a mess. While you were yet sinners, it said, Christ died for the ungodly. So it wasn't because of your, your goody two-shoes position. It says, while you were yet sinners. Okay, see? So the thing I want you to know, understand, and believe is that your goodness does not cause the flow of God to happen. He loves you in spite of. Amen. He loved you first. See? So then since his love was first and his love never fails, it doesn't quit, it doesn't give up, then I cannot restart this process since love has already given us the victory. Okay? I, I'm hoping that you can see it from that perspective. See, I'm not trying to, to go make God do something because God already wanted to and finished the work before I even got here. This is what Jesus said. He said, it is finished. See, the devil thought that he could win, but he can't win because the book that God gave you, the book of life that he wants you to operate in, gives you the authority to win. Remember, he created you before any test, trial, or challenge came from the devil. The Bible says you were created in the image of God after his likeness. And then he gave you a blueprint for life. And the blueprint for life is to let them be fruitful. Let them multiply. Let them replenish. Let them subdue. Let them have dominion. See, 
That's your blueprint for life. Before the devil got here and tried to uh, uh, make you think if something didn't work, couldn't happen, not for you. No, I was made in the image of God with these five dictates. That's my blueprint. See, I'm going to be able to be the one that's fruitful. I, I, I'm not supposed to be the one that's failing in this or that. I am the one that's called, created, and made for fruitfulness. See, he said, let them be fruitful. All right? So then that means that since the operative word let is there, then it is up to me to be fruitful. It's really not up to me to figure out a way to lose. See, he, he, he set the standard for you. These are your dictate and blueprints. Man created in his image, be fruitful. Glory to God. Multiply. Wow. Again, I say this almost every time I hear that 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 instruction for us that that the devil is a thief and he can only steal, kill, and destroy, which means he's operating in a math system that is for subtraction. Okay, he can only steal, and he can't steal what you don't have. He cannot destroy what's not yours. I mean, if you can understand this. Jesus says the thief only comes, but for to steal, kill, and destroy. So then his whole system is going to be from subtraction. And God, excuse me, and God has given you a system of victory that starts in multiplication. So when you do the math, which one is greater? Which one is faster? Which one has more increase? Um, subtraction or multiplication. Amen. See, you 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 have the ability because of what God told you from the very beginning, before the challenge. He said, "Be fruitful, multiply." Amen. See, so then my math system that I'm supposed to engage in is greater than the subtraction that the devil can ever come up with. One and one and one and one. That's that's addition. That's good. But one times a two, times a two, times, you see what I'm saying? It's going to get you there faster. All the devil can do is try to subtract. And I did say try to subtract. Because uh, 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 greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So then that means your systems of government, your systems of, of, of life are based in multiplication and fruitfulness. They start there. Okay? Okay, we'll even try that. So then when the devil's trying to steal, which is the only uh, avenue that he has, God can use multiplication and God can use fruitfulness, either one. Then the devil can't stop either one of them. Because the fruitfulness is attached to an eternal promise. Let them be. Glory to God. See, it's even greater than uh, let them have. That might be okay, but God didn't say let them have. God said let them be. (laughs) 
I mean, I, if you can, 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 can comprehend that, understand how that flows. See, the devil is trying to attack your right to be. And so we fight and try to say, no, I can do this. Well, your right to be gave you the ability for your can. See? If we would understand that we're supposed to walk above circumstances, okay? Again, see, we get to go to scriptures and, and, and investigate or hear the truth that the, the scripture contains so that we can build up our faith. Jesus told the disciples to go to the other side. And then they ran into all kinds of problems. The Bible says that the wind was contrary to them. The waves were, were contrary to them. And then Jesus was praying in the mountain, and he saw them having issues over there. And the Bible says Jesus walked to them on the water that was troubled, on the problem that they were facing. He walked on the water to go to them. And it says in Matthew, he would have passed them. Okay, wow, that's two things. Just looking at that. said he would have passed them, which means the rate of speed that he was walking was faster than the rate of speed that professional fishermen could row by. Okay, I mean, just let's just break it down. It says Jesus went to them walking on the water, walking on the water, and his rate of speed would have passed them by, already caught up with them, but would have passed them by. Mm. So what that tells us is that the things that are done in the spirit are faster than the things that you can do in the natural. These were professional fishermen. They knew how to row in storms. They knew which direction to go in to get through the storm or around the storm. But Jesus came to them walking on their problem. Glory to God. And when they saw him, they said, well, this can't be right. This must be a ghost. This must be a spirit. And as soon as they, the Bible said, they cried out for fear. In other words, oh, Jesus. Maybe we should look at that so that you can see that. Turn to Matthew so that you can see this. Again, so so the, so we understand how the Spirit gives us the victory, okay? So that, so that we won't have to be frustrated about uh, this or that, okay? Matthew chapter uh, chapter fourteen. Okay, starting at verse 22. And this passage of Scripture comes after Jesus had fed 5,000 men and women, not counting the children, 5,000 men and, 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 and women. Okay, and he did this so that they can see that the power of command, oh, Lord Jesus, oh, Lord Jesus, ooh, that the, the power of command is greater than the attack of the enemy at any time, every time. That's just fresh. I hadn't seen that, thought about it from that perspective. But look at this. Um, uh, it started at verse 16. Yeah, started at verse 15. Wow, wait a minute, y'all. Okay, verse 15, 
Because now you can back up and just keep on going. It gets gooder and gooder and gooder. <laughs> but we're going to go on and stay with, with um, chapter 14, verse 16. All right? Wow. Verse 15. Verse 15. And when evening was come, the disciple came to him saying, this is a desert place, and the time has now passed. Send the multitude away that they may go to villages and buy themselves the victuals. And Jesus said to them, they need not depart. Give ye them to eat. So then I want you to see some things that Jesus is asking them from Jump Street here. He's asking them to stretch out on their faith to function in a realm that's bigger or greater than what they understand. They understood it was a bunch of, it was a multitude. They understood it was a multitude, and they wanted to send the multitude away, that they can go and then for themselves. But Jesus said, no, you don't have to send them away. They don't need to depart. What's needed in this situation, gentlemen, is the execution of faith. And he says, you give them what to eat. And they said, okay, 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 Jesus, you tripping. We don't have but five loaves and, and two fishes. And Jesus said, bring what you have to me. Bring them hither to me. And then he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fishes. Looking up to heaven, he blessed what he had. The 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 system of government that we are to operate in is to first bless or give thanks for what we got. Don't magnify what you think you need and what you think you don't have. Bless what you have. There are so many principles that God is giving us. We are about to go into a time where uh, things are, are going to look scarce, and the devil's doing that to try to check the oil, if you would, to see what you believe. Because those that understand and know their God, the Bible says in Daniel chapter 11, 32, those that know their God, they will be strong. They will do exploits. See, he wants to show through you, the church, the manifold wisdom of God. See, Jesus has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. He wants us to show or display that day by day. He said, bring them to me. Then he, uh, looking up to heaven, okay, all right, wow. He took the five, verse 19, he took the five loaves and the two fishes, and he began to look unto a source that was already established. My God, my God. He looked toward heaven. Amen. You are thankful for what you have, but you look toward heaven so that you will find the instructions, hear the instructions of what to do with what you have. We should stop trying to approach God for because of what we need. Approach him in thanksgiving for what you have. Amen. You already have a word. You already have a promise. Thank him for that which you already have. Expand your heart's position or thinking from that which you already have. Glory to God. You have the seed, beloved, 
of everything necessary for your life. You have the we are born again of an incorruptible seed of the word of God. Thank God for what you have. You have the seed for victory. Amen. You know, it's interesting that the seed that he's given you produces that which is not seen. Amen. You don't know how many trees are in the seed, but he gave you the seed. See? So then when you need sustenance, the seed has already supplied the sustenance because the seed causes trees to be planted and grow. And then the trees bring forth an abundance of fruit. Okay, the, the trees bring forth fruit in their season. Glory to God. Did you catch that? See, they just don't bring forth a, a, a food or a sustenance in just the time of need. They bring forth fruit in its season, cyclically, if you would, cycles, if you would. See, not just one time, all of the time. This is the word of promise that God has given to you when he said, my God shall supply all my needs, okay? Didn't say needs. It was needs singular because the thing that he, come on, y'all, the thing that he starts with is the thing that causes victory perpetually. You were born of an incorruptible seed, the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. Come on. So he took the loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed. Notice he didn't take the bread and the the loaf and the fishes and look to his hands. Come on. Read what the scripture says. Let's follow the, the word that's there. It said he took what he had in his hand, and then he looked to the place where supply is going to generate from. Looking to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples to the multitudes. And what happens? And they did all eat and were filled. Wait a minute. Make sure we get this. 5,000 men and women did not count the children. But everybody that was in the presence, glory to God, come on, come on. Everybody that was in the presence of the supply that Jesus blessed was able to eat and were all filled. Wow. See, so that helps me understand that the the blessing of God, the power of God is able to meet every need. And I will meet them super abundantly, not just in a a fashion that, you know, feels good for today, but super abundantly. They were all filled. Now, let's just go and, you know, go. we just left through uh, Thanksgiving. Come on, let's go. <laughs> and, um, you know, if you invited uh, uh, 20, 30, 40 people, there was the uh, opportunity or chance that you might have run out of food, but Jesus doesn't have it that way. He caused with a with a limited amount of what's in your hand. When you're looking up to heaven, it blessed everybody that was in the area. 
Everybody was on this. People that didn't even know Jesus was speaking that day. Come on, let's get real. People that didn't even know why the crowds were gathering, they were able to eat and they were filled. And if that wasn't enough, then he said, they took up the fragments that remained and they had 12 baskets full. Wait a minute. They started off with limited supply. They had five loaves, two fish, and they took up 12 loads after everybody had ate. 12 baskets of bread. I don't know how many uh, loaves were in each basket. Don't know. And they took up 12 baskets of fish. Again, I don't have the number of the fish in the basket. What God gives us is he gives us the, 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 uh, the thing that causes it to work. He gives us uh, uh, an open-to-end, if you would, uh, a supply. You started with five and two. You ended up with 12 baskets. Amen. See, more than enough. He's El Shaddai. And it says, um, they, they, they took up the fragments that remained, and they which had eaten were 5,000 men besides the women and children. So it is estimated that we had 15 to 20,000 people because this was the generation of people that, uh, that understood that the quiver of children should be full, and a quiver is five, okay? So then the people that were uh, walking with God, flowing with God, you can say that there were about five children per family. Blessed is the man that has his quiver full. So we're just going to take an average. Take an average of three. I'm not even going to be mad about that. Take an average of three uh, children. That's still going to take you to the number of 15. See? So that's what they did. Right after that, Jesus, on the heels of an overflow, he's going to teach again. Watch this. Verse 22, a straightway Jesus constrained disciples to get into a ship and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to a mountain apart to pray. And when evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, this was not something that Jesus resolved, you know, right quick. He let them experience the, the, the revelation that he had gave them before and give them an opportunity to experience victory while they're doing it now. And in the fourth watch of the, uh, the night, Jesus went to them, underline please, walking on the sea. They just said that the sea was, was contrary. The wind was contrary. They were tossed with waves. And Jesus walked, went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is the Spirit. And notice what they did. They cried out for that which is familiar, fear. I don't have enough fear-driven. They cried out for that which was familiar instead of reaching to that which was now in their presence. And then they, 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 they did this. 
They cried out for fear. And notice Jesus' response, but straightway. See, fear opens up a pathway to Jesus because he doesn't want you to live in it. So since he doesn't want you to live in it, he's going to remove it. And he's going to remove it by faith. Come on. And then he said to them, notice he removed the fear by a word. Glory to God. That's, there's a hint. There's a hint. He will deal with your fear by a word. He said to them, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Wait a minute. He says, I need for you to change your attitude. Be of good cheer. He didn't really tell them to think about good cheer, did he? He told them to be of good cheer. Yeah, yeah, amen. Then he says, and since you are of good cheer, now that good cheer that you are of will arrest the fear. Be not. He says, recognize. Come on. Be of good cheer. Recognize. It is I. Glory to God. So that helps us to see that um, whatever we're looking at causes our motion and can cause our victory or defeat. Recognize, he said, be of good cheer. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Wait a minute, wait a minute. There we go. Look at this. He said, be of good cheer and recognize. So then if I'm not of good cheer, what I see probably won't give me victory. Did you see that? First thing he told them to do is to change their attitude and disposition. Be of good cheer, then recognize. So if I'm uh, 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 afraid of this, that, and the other, then I, I'm not of good cheer, am I? So since I'm not of good cheer, that which I am now perceiving, that which I am looking at, is going to determine my victory or my defeat. He said, change your attitude, disposition, be of good cheer, and then recognize it is I. See? Then he says, now since you recognize it's me, the power to win is present because now you don't have to be afraid. I'm hoping that you're seeing the steps here to whatever it is that you're facing. Okay? He says, first of all, I need for you to be of good cheer. It's the same thing he told Joshua. He told Joshua the same thing. He told him, don't you be worried, buddy. Be of good cheer. Okay. Be very courageous. Hold, hold your place there. We're coming back. We're coming back. Go to Joshua chapter 1. I want you to see this. Tie it together. Because the word of God is the same. It's congruent all the way from the beginning to the end. Okay? All the way from the beginning to the end. Uh, Joshua chapter 1. Okay? Listen at the promise that God made to Joshua. Mm -hmm. Joshua was, was getting ready to inherit millions of people to lead them into the place of victory in their life. And uh, to me, that would like be one of those daunting tasks that might make you want to draw back. But watch what God said to Joshua. 
to help and prepare for the, 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 the victory that the call brings him to, okay? God wants you to enjoy the victory that the call brings you to. When he said, come unto me, that call, he's going to give you the victory because of the call. All right, all right. Uh, verse 2. Well, verse 1, let's just read the whole thing. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying. So <clears throat> after the death, God had a word for Joshua because he's going to help him understand. He knew that he was being prepared for this, but that's a daunting task. All these same people, come on, y'all, these same people that, that, that Joshua was supposed to lead was the same people that was arguing, fussing at Moses. So Joshua's about to inherit these people. Oh, he might need some serious encouragement. <laughs> yes, sir. See, but God is always going to give you a word that causes the victory that's already, you are already pre-programmed to walk in to become real to you. Amen. The Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, <laughs> arise, go over this Jordan. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Moses is dead, he said. So then every, every bit of hope that Joshua would have had, God is trying to tell him it wasn't about just uh, Moses the man. It was about Moses the promise keeper. Amen. Amen. He said, um, go over this Jordan. Thou and this people unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. And how, here he comes with promise. See, he's going to prepare you with promise. Whatever the plight that's in front of you, God is going to prepare you with promise. Because his word is what causes victory in our life. His word is what causes uh, understanding. Because Jesus has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Verse 3, every place that the sole of your feet shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. He said, wait a minute. I'm speaking into your future, Joshua. Every place that the soles of your feet shall tread upon. I mean, it would have been one thing. Maybe it would have been good enough if God would have said, okay, I, 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 you walk here, and I, I want you to enjoy where you are. No, God is calling you to further, to greater. Even Jesus said that, greater works than these shall you do. See, he's calling us into greater. Why? One reason that I can see that he's calling us into greater is so that we will understand that where we are, whatever the troubles we're facing, that he has a greater place for you of victory to walk in. Every place. The challenge that he would have is that we sometimes decide to be still in the place where we are. Notice what he told him to do. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, you got to do something. You got to get up, arise, and then go over. See? I don't want you to stay in the position of heart where you feel like you're defeated. I need for you to arise. See, the instruction that, that he gave the man is that I, I, I've got to get you uh, beyond you. Okay? Because my, my promise is, is a promise that is prophetic. It's going to lead you into and through stuff. Know this. Every place, verse 3, that the sole of your foot should tread, 
that have I given unto you. Have I given unto you. Not that will I give. That have I give. See, if you're going to walk in faith, you'll get to enjoy the, the, the promise of God. If you're going to walk in fear, you don't think that you have the promise of God. Listen to it again. Every place that the sole of your feet shall tread, that have I given you. Even as I said to Moses, from the wilderness of uh, this Lebanon to the great river, the, 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 to the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Hittites, hmm, the land of the Hittites, somebody that chose not to walk in the promise, I'm giving you the land that I promised them. The land that they seem to have won by might, I'm giving it to you by promise. Faith. Amen. Even the land of the Hittites and to the great sea, going down to the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. Wow. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. Now he says, but I need for you to change your attitude right here. Be strong. See? The promise that you receive, beloved, is a promise that guarantees your victory. The only re requirement that you have now is to be strong. Amen. Don't keep looking at the giants. Okay? If you want to look at a giant, then look at their future. Glory to God. Look at the giants as those that shall fall before your God, before his word. See? If you're going to look at the giants, look at them the right way. Look at them from God's perspective. There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Now, because I've given you this promise, please be strong and of a good courage. See? He, he, he needs for us to, to approach every situation in the strength of the Lord. Isn't that we told us to, 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 to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might? Notice there, and we might be able to go back over to that, that he did not uh, uh, tell you to be strong in your own might. He said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. See? It's exactly the same. Again, it's congruent. What he told Joshua is what he's telling us. It doesn't matter to God the size of the wave or the size of the giant. It doesn't matter to God the isolation that you think that you're in. It doesn't matter. He wants you to be able to live glory to God. He wants you to be able to live big where you are while you walk to where you're going. He said this, listen at it, listen at it, listen at it. Don't you see it? <laughs> be strong and of a good courage, verse 6. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land. See? He says, I, you haven't entered into it. But the promise that I have is going to cause you to be able to win, even though somebody else that's no longer living by promise, the Hittites in this case, they're no longer living by promise. They look like they might have outnumbered you. They might have been bigger than you. They might have had better weapons than you. But he says, what I need for you to do is to be strong and of a good courage, because what you're going to do is you're going to divide the land. 
Yeah, you feel like you're all by yourself and all this. Yeah, but you're going to you're going to be able to divide the land. Conquered land, glory to God, you can hear this. Conquered land is going to be what you can divide to other people. Show them how they can live bigger than the problem because of their God. Amen. I'm trying to encourage you today. Amen. Again, it doesn't matter what you're facing. See? God says, I need for you to arise, therefore, and go on. Start moving. I'm going to every place that the soles of your feet shall tread. Help me out. Help me out. Um, that tells me that I cannot walk in deceit because everywhere the soles of my feet trod, he's already given it to me. My only job is to take a step. Glory to God. This is how he will bring uh, uh, the whole earth back under subjection to him is because we choose to walk by faith in the land that he's promised to us, sojourn in the land of promise. For unto this people shall I divide for an inheritance the land which I swear to their fathers to give them. Only, saying it again, that whenever God repeats himself, please, beloved, pay attention. Only be thou strong, and be, now he says, very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Don't turn from the right hand to the left hand. Don't turn from the right hand or to the left hand. Stay focused, moving forward. Don't become comfortable, he just said, on the right hand or on the left hand. Don't turn to be comfortable where you are. He says, I need for you to be strong so that you can inherit the land and divide your inheritance. But if you decide to look to the right or to the left, then you're going to find yourself comfortable and then doing exactly what the Hittites did, no longer living by promise, but living because of, through comfort. Mm. Amen. Don't turn to the right. Or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Why? So that you can observe to do. If you meditate in the word, you will see how to do. He knew you didn't know how to do. That's why he sent his word for you to meditate in so that you would observe to do what's written therein. You'll see how it becomes easy. That's what Jesus said. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Why? So that you can find the rest unto your soul. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. See? But if I don't meditate in the word, then I'm going to still deal with the hard because I'm not in the position. Good courage. Okay? that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. For when you do that, when you observe to do what's written therein, when you keep meditating on it until the revelation hits your heart, he says when you do that, you will make your way. Notice he says you will make your way prosperous. Amen. See, 
It, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. When I meditate in the word and observe to do what's written therein, I will then cause circumstances to change. I will make my way prosperous. And then I shall have not just success, I shall have good success. Have I not commanded thee to be strong and of a good courage, not to be afraid, nor to be dismayed? Wow. You know, God gave me a, a definition for dismay. It's one that walks in doubt and unbelief. You know, this may happen. This may not happen. He said, don't walk in that. Don't walk in fear. Don't walk in dismay. Walk in faith. God has said it. The promise that he has already given me is the promise that I need. I don't need anything else but a promise. Glory to God. I don't need anything else but a promise. Because a promise from God, every word of God is alive. And every word of God already has a predestined. He said his word will not return to him inoperative, void. See, it will not return that way. So then all I got to do is Hold on to the word. Listen at this. He said his word will not return. So if I would simply hold on to the word, then my destination now is going back to God. Because the word is going to return, but it's not going to return void. It was already proof pre-programmed to return to him. So that the praise, glory to God, so that the praise and the glory and the honor that's due him can now be released by the one that's carrying his word back to him. See, I, I don't carry his word back to him in fear. Because if I'm carrying, wow, wow, please look at this. If I'm carrying his word in fear, then I've let go of the word and I'm now only carrying the fear. I hope you saw that. Okay? Because as long as I hold on to the word, that word is taking me back to a mighty God, to a God that cannot fail, to a God that will not quit. Amen. You're talking about giants in the land, waves that were bigger than them with the ability to handle. And God still did what he said he was going to do because a word was given to you, a word of life, a word of promise. It says, I commanded you to be strong and of a good courage, not to be afraid, not to be dismayed. For the Lord God is with you whithersoever thou goest. See, this is what he has said to, from the very beginning. Go back to Matthew chapter 14. So we can just kind of like I say, look at this as, as we track it. See, because Jesus told the disciples in Matthew chapter 14, after observing miracles where they fed 20,000 people, He's now inviting them into the same power of that miracle. Okay? Watch this. Again, he told them to go to the other side. And then he went to, to pray. And he saw them in the middle of the sea having trouble because the sea was tossed with waves and the wind was contrary to them. And then Jesus went to them walking on their problem. And the disciples saw it and they said, It's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. Straightway, verse 27, Jesus came to them and said, 
B, okay, wow, I'm, 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 I'm reading it right. I, I, I'm not quoting it just then. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, okay? The reason the word saying is there is because it is an active uh, use of the, of the verb. It's not having said, and then once having said, it's over. No, he came to them saying. So then if you find yourself in a challenge today, he's going to come to you saying, Okay? In other words, he's coming to you making promise and giving you a future. Okay? Because that's what it says in Jeremiah chapter 11. It says that, that the word of God is, is so good, it gives us an expected end. Okay? We, we can hold on to the word of God because the word of God is going to transcend and transport. Okay? It's not just going to... just Keep making you feel good. I mean, that's, that's probably what people think, and I appreciate that. But it's, it's bigger than that. See, the word of God is, is, is supposed to give you an expected end. Flip over to Jeremiah 29, 11. I just want you to see this. See, because when you see these things and they become staples in your heart, see, then you'll be able to say, okay, I, I, I know what he said. And because he said that, then I can have confidence in that. Listen at what it says in Jeremiah chapter uh, 29, verse 11. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. They are thoughts of peace, not of evil. They are thoughts that would give you an expected end. See? So, so he's not just trying to give you it's, it's, it's a truth that he does give you comfort, but he's just not trying to make you comfortable where you are. He's trying to open up your understanding that right now he is giving you an expected end. Let's do this. An expected end from God's perspective would not just be an end that gave you a goosebump. The expected end from God is that you would enjoy victory. Amen. Comfort is one thing, and he's not mad about that. He's the comforter. But the comfort is to let you know about his faithfulness so that you can take that comfort and understanding of that comfort and then move to your expected end. Amen. See, that, that's what we, we need to participate in. See? We, we, we need to continually uh, uh, meditate there because if we meditate on the word day and night, then we will observe to do, see how to do what was written in that promise. Glory to God. See? And then we'll be able to bring the honor and glory to God from that promise. And then because that promise has now is now becoming our supply. Come on, y'all, let's do it. Now because that promise is becoming our supply, we then can move into the next thing that God wants us to have victory over. Yeah, he knew that there were Hittites there, but those Hittites are no longer operating by the promise of God. You can. Amen. Okay, uh, back to um, Matthew chapter 14. See, Jesus was made unto us wisdom, righteousness, and sanctification. 
See, he, this is not something that we have to, to ask him and beg him to do. He was made unto us the ability to think accurately, wisdom. The, the ability to stand accurately, righteousness, the view of a thing as it ought to be. See, this is what he's wanting us to do so that we can then uh, give testimony to the glory of God, to the greatness of God. And then people will see that, wait a minute, wait a minute, they were just like me, and now they are enjoying good. They are functioning in their expected end. Okay? This ain't no goosebumps that we're talking about, beloved. And I get maybe that was the way it was presented to you, but it's more than just a goosebump, a feeling. This is a reality that God has opened up for all of us. Those that know their God, they will be strong. They will do exploits. But straightway, Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. Recognize it is I. Be not afraid. So, so right there, we, we heard a, a, an exchange or a transfer opportunity that once you change your disposition, you are of good cheer, knowing that God is working all things together for your good. See, that causes you to be of good cheer. Now I can recognize him and where he's calling me to. Okay? And if he's calling me to, that means that wherever I was, I no longer have to stay there. This is an invitation, if you would. Okay? And God is always going to do that. He's always going to give you an invitation. He's going to see you, find you where you are, and then present you an invitation. And let me just help you out so that we can see this. You know, when people have a celebration and they send you an invitation, if you don't go, all of the things that happen in that uh, celebration, you will not be a partaker of. But you could have been because you've been given an invitation. Amen. See, that's what God is doing perpetually in your life. He recognizes that you are in a quandary. And then he says to you, in that quandary, will you believe me? Who shall believe? The report of the Lord. That's an invitation for you to come out of whatever it is. It does not matter. Be it great or small, you have an invitation to come into that which God has intended for you to enjoy. He has made all things for you richly to enjoy. See? Not just somewhat enjoy. He said richly to enjoy. See? That, that not only will I be established, but I will be able to establish a place of safety for anyone that I can now invite. You are blessed to be a blessing. See? That's the way he wants it to work. I don't even have to invite you, glory to God. I don't even have to invite you into my life. I can invite you into the truth that gave me my life. Hallelujah. See? Because then you can live in that same truth. You don't have to live by my standards or by my thinking. You can simply live by the invitation into the truth that makes us free. Amen. So he said, be of good cheer, verse 27. 
I mean, you can circle this, separate it out because the 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 the, the parts of of speech, the semicolon, the commas, they separate the the the, the words so that we can find out all of the truth that is that word. Okay, that's what it was there for. It was not there just uh, so that we can read it and run over any of the pauses and the silas that were there. He said, one, be of good cheer. First thing out the shoot. They are in trouble. They are frustrated. They are even tired because they've been rowing against the, the, the wage. They've been rowing contrary to the wind. They are tired. And this, again, this is in the fourth watch of the night. So this is not just like at sundown and then by the time the sun just went down, they said, no, no, this is the sun done been down for a while. See? And he says, now, what I need for you to do is to be of good courage right where you are. Count it all joy. He, he didn't say, you know, uh, 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 smile about the bad times. He said, what I need for you to do is change the bad times by how you inventory it. Count it all joy. He said, be of good cheer. Then, because you are of good cheer, you know, it would be good for us to stop trying to go, wow, Lord, stop trying to go to God uh, and bringing God our trouble. Let's learn to bring God our praise. You can write that one down. That was just very good. Let's stop trying to always bring God our trouble. Let's bring God our praise. He inhabits, lives in the praises of his people. Okay? I, how many of you, just so we can throw this out there, how many of you are, are, are always wanting to go around somebody that's always bringing you their trouble? That's always talking about the bad that they're experiencing. How many do you want to be? A, how many of you want to be around that person all the time? The answer probably is no. You don't answer the phone. You don't answer the door. <laughs> you just go, okay, please let them pass, Lord. Now I understand that when it's time for intercession that you want to participate. I get that, Amen. But all the time. And a lot of people have been trained from the position of, you know, let's just take God our troubles. I get that. But, okay, if you started out like that the first day, by the 12th day, should you not have learned something different? Year 25, should that be the same way that you approach God? I, I, I ask this question, uh, and people that have been married will, will know some of these uh, truths that um, – when you're married, uh, the conversations about your your your, your old girlfriend, uh, they they are no longer important. The, your your wife does not want to hear about all the fun you had with Sally. Okay, that's not going to be good. And in the time of intimacy, oh, you sure know that's the wrong time to talk about Sally. Well, then how come it is that we go to God and bring Him trouble, trouble, trouble? Yes, he can handle it. I got that. I understand that. But he abides, lives in the praises of his people. Let the Lord be magnified. That takes pleasure in the prosperity of his people. I would ask, how many uh, uh, promises do you think you have ignored and let go of 
to continue to be in this trouble situation or, or frustration that you're in. Amen. Probably it would be something that we should have done different. See? So, and that's just a, an easy fix, if you would. Let's just stop going to God always in trouble. If we would learn to uh, 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 allow the Lord to lead us and teach us, he's going to show us the, the victory. He's going to lead us into truth. He's going to guide us into the truth. He's going to bring to our members what Jesus said. Some of the things we talked about last time we were, we were together. See, that's what the Holy Ghost wants to do, but we keep going to God out of the frustration rather than out of expectation. He just told you that his thoughts that he thinks towards you, they are thoughts of good, not of evil, to give you a purposed, designed end, an expectation. So he says to us in verse 27, change your attitude, be of good cheer. Then when you're of good cheer, you can recognize what he's saying to you. Have you ever had conversations, you know, and you didn't know whether it was you or God, whether you didn't know if it was the devil or God? Amen. I've had those conversations where I, I thought it was the, God, it was the devil. I thought it was God, it was me. Okay? But if I am start with being of good courage, I, 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 I fulfill what he says in Philippians chapter 4, don't I? Y'all know the one he says, he told us in chapter 4, he says that, finally, brother, I need for you to uh, think about the things that are true. Think about the things that are pure. Think about the things that are honest. Think about the things that are just. Think about the things that are lovely. Whatsoever is of a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Why? Watch what he says. So that the peace of God would be with you. See? So, I mean, sometimes just the, the way we've been trained to do it, we kind of figure there's going to be a transfer by osmosis instead of being intentional with it. See? If I would think on the things that are pure, if I would think on the things that are of a good report, see, I'm not going to then mess up my fellowship, time of intimacy with God, with all of my frustration. I bring into captivity the thoughts that would frustrate me, and I think about the things that God has promised me. That changes my conversation when I'm in his presence. I know we've been trained the other way, and I guess... For what we need to do and where we need to go, we're going to have to do it a different way. To do the same thing and expect different results, that's the definition of insanity. See? So as we go through a, a, a growth in the Lord, then, then why don't we do what David said he did? He encouraged himself in the Lord for the battle. He encouraged himself. He didn't just go to God and then expect God to, to, to be the one that is the lifter of my head. Yes, he is. But he's expecting you to grow up. Maturation is part of the process, beloved. We can't keep operating as little children. Okay? He wants us, those who believe him, he said those he gave the power to become 
sons. There's a difference between a son and a child. See, we're supposed to be those who are of full age, who by reason of use have exercised their senses to know the difference between good and evil. Exercise their senses. That's taste, touch. You exercise your senses to know. See? So then with that happening, we probably will no longer be the, 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 the child that's just begging God to do something. We will be those that know how to use, those that are skillful, he said, in the word of righteousness. See? We, we can declare and decree a thing, and it shall be established unto us. We, we, we walk in authority by authority because we understand that Jesus has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. See, it, it's not like I have to do all of this. No, I get to do all of this. I, I get to, to see God use me because I am built up in the spirit. And then because I'm built up, then I communicate to others and build them up also. And then we have the unity of the faith, see? Because we're all supposed to come to the knowledge of the Son of God until the full stature of Christ. See, instead of having the, the conversation of woe is me, it might even become to the place of just watch me. Glory to God. See, because he wants to use you, beloved. He he has set things in front of you that the victory that he will wrought in your life will cause all principalities and powers to know the wisdom of God by us, the church. See, and then then the people will then do exactly what happened in the first uh, in the first church. They would then say, "Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's multiply, magnify. Let's go and talk this." situation up. Let's talk about the God that's able. See? Let's talk about the God that's more than enough. See? They they got together, the, the, the first church got together, and they turned the world upside right. Amen. Because what happens when you understand God from this perspective, then what happens is, is the same thing that happened in the first church. Healings broke off, broke out, and everybody began to operate in healing. It wasn't just for the the the, the, the big twelve. It said everybody had all things in common. Glory to God. See, the 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 revival broke out through people because that's the way Jesus intended. He told, he was talking to the 120 when he said, go ye therefore. He was not just talking to the 12. Amen. See, make disciples of all men, teaching them to observe what I told you, what I showed you. Teach them. Why? Because when you do that, then peace is restored upon the earth. Because people then see the answer in your life. They see the path that you walk, and they begin to follow you as you follow Christ. See, because Jesus has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, 
and redemption. But as the father of faith for me that started the whole thing, he said, which way will you choose? Your way or God's way? God's waiting on you today. He wants you to to grow up in him. He wants you to display his glory so that that glory becomes an invitation to all those that are in your sphere of influence. Your way or God's way? Father, we just thank you and bless you for your word that you sent to us. When you came, came saying, be of good cheer, recognize, be not afraid. Then because of that, we can walk in the midst of the things that the devil is meant for us to be destroyed by. We can walk above it. We can walk unto victory. Father, we give you praise for that. We give you glory for that, that that becomes our thought process so that we can walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. We give you praise, sir. We give you glory and honor. Committing it to you is done. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who is Lord and Savior, and the redeemed the Lord set together. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, as we do all the time here, we'll give you an opportunity to um, ask any questions or make any comments about the ministry uh, tonight. So um, area code 404-333-9350. You have the mic. Any comments or, uh, or questions about the ministry? Area code 404-333-9350. You have the mic. Any questions or comments? Amen. Uh, we thank you for being on the call. Um, area code 773-895-9153. You have the mic. Any questions or comments about the ministry tonight? Go ahead. You're welcome. As always, granddad. Yeah. What you need. Amen. I'm going to call you in a minute anyway. But um, that, that that's just good stuff that we can... We can we can do like said. We can change attitude, be of good cheer, recognize, and then remove faith. So that's just a good thing to do. I mean, it's, these are opportunities. Every Monday, these are opportunities that God gives us so that we can uh, communicate to you things that are, are, are that you might have forgotten, and we can commune together over the promises of God. That we will know that what He has said for us is for us, so that we can. Enjoy victory by his word and by his spirit. Amen. Thank you for being on the call again. Um, area code 312, uh, 330-4024. You have the mic. Any questions or comments about the ministry tonight? Area code 312-330-4024. 4024. Yes. Okay. Well, you said four zero two two on four zero two four, but I hope it was for me. Yes, it was. Okay. I just want to tell you that that was good teaching today about Joshua, and you are absolutely right. What God told him, and. When I get in a situation, I don't generally think about Joshua. 
But I do think about what David said in the 23rd Psalm and everything that he expected God to do for him. And I recite that for myself to hear it. So it was good hearing that about Joshua today. And thank you for doing that today. In Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on the call. Amen. And again, I'll go back to area code 404-333-9350 just to make sure um, there was not anything that you wanted to say, any comments or uh, uh, questions that you would have to ask. Uh, You have the mic. Amen. And so, again, I see that a lot of times when we ask the the, the, uh, people to um, say whatever it is that God has blessed them with because um, a, a, a testimony is how we win. He said we overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So just saying that um, th- that this was a, a, a good place for you to dig in and to find out more about what God is saying to you in this time, that's a victory for you. So this is not a, a, a an opportunity where we're going to judge you and say, well, they didn't know what they were talking about. We are growing together in this, and that's the good part about it, so that we can all achieve because the body of Christ is one. It's not a separate body. It's only one body. So then um, uh, as you uh, receive truth and, and grow in that truth, then, then you can share with others and we can all grow together. So amen. Again, I'd like to um, remind you that if this has been a blessing to you, um, that, 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 that you have the actual obligation to then uh, sow into the ministry because as we have sowed into your life uh, words of confirmation, affirmation, then you are to uh, give of your natural resources so that we can continue to spread this message. Amen. That's what we're here for. So if you would, uh, the Lord lays it on your heart to sow a seed here at LiveDeliverance.com. Please go into the website and find the donate tab and allow God to tell you what you should sow here for LiveDeliverance.com to keep this ministry uh, going. Um, also, you can tell your friends how they can listen and participate in the broadcast here on Monday evening because we're not just trying to uh, uh, establish a thought process that, that glorifies us. We are here for the sole purpose of glorifying the Lord and then edifying his body so that the things that he expects us to do, we will be empowered to do. That's what we're here for. So then, again, we just thank you for, for joining us here. And until uh, next Monday when we get together, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. So until next Monday evening, we love y'all. Be blessed.